Hi, I'm Simon Matthews. And I'm Darren Morton. This is Leaders in Lifestyle Medicine. The stories behind the story. Welcome to another episode and this episode, I'm very, very excited, Simon. We have a very special guest, Dr. Liana Leonov. Now, I've got to tell you um, before we start asking her questions that Liana's actually been a real mentor to me and I've um, tremendously benefited from interacting with her and learning from her. So just to give our listeners a bit of background, Liana is the, a former president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. She's the chair of the Happiness Science and Positive Health Committee of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And it's an absolute pleasure to have her here with us today. Welcome, Liana. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is very exciting to share and talk a little bit about lifestyle medicine. Well, we're going to talk about lifestyle medicine, but we're, we're more specifically, we're going to be talking about you. So <laughs> it's a fascinating topic, isn't it? Um, hey, so let's just jump straight in there. Liana, tell us, how did you get introduced to this thing called lifestyle medicine? Well, it's it's interesting. I have uh, been interested in impacting large populations of people in terms of their health and well-being from the very beginning. Since when I finished my internal medicine residency, I decided I, I didn't have the patience for one-on-one -on -one patient care. I wanted to mm. impact the world more broadly. And so I became a public health medical officer at the California Department of Health Services in cancer programs and heart disease programs, uh, really conducting educational programs, policies, etc. But it was kind of bureaucratic and I became restless and I was really interested more in uh, the people side of things mm. uh, that I was missing uh, on uh, because I wasn't doing one-on-one -on -one medicine. Uh, but I thought, well, maybe there's a way to, to combine the two uh, to affect uh, populations broadly, but to affect them in a way that's a bit more personal. Mm. And I started looking around and I happened to see that they were uh, advertising for the very first director of the Healthy Lifestyles Division of the American Medical Association. And uh, that really spoke to me because I thought, well, I, I can affect populations through working with physicians and colleagues Mm. And and getting a bit more personal uh, for uh, affecting their ha health habits and and hopefully also their happiness. Mm. And uh, so I uh, had been working in California at, at the health department and moved to Chicago, where the headquarters are for the AMA, and uh, was able to. In that role, start reaching out uh, nationally uh, around the United States uh, to see what various groups were doing uh, to help uh, patients be healthier, to help support physicians and healthcare settings mm. for health uh, promotion. And that's when I started uh, getting more involved. And I'd also already been somewhat involved with the American College of Preventive Medicine. And as I was digging a little more, uh, 
uh, around, I found on an internet one day that there was this thing called American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And uh, I thought, what's this? And started <laughs> digging even further. And I realized, wow, we're, we're very aligned. And I decided that I would see if I can connect these national groups to do something more impactful. Mm. And, uh, and this was in the days uh, when um, uh, the uh, trans theoretical model had been released and uh, there were all these theories, of course, about how to help people with health behavior change. Um, but what, what do doctors have to do with it? Because a lot of it had to do with coaches and doctors don't have time around that. And so we brought in Carlo Di Clemente, worked with James Prochaska on the stages of change model to see, well, what kind of programs can we develop at the AMA to help patients and really support physicians to help patients? And we even did incognito kind of one-way mirror focus groups of physicians, family practitioners, and others, and asked them questions about, well, do you talk to your patients about healthy lifestyles? Do you talk to them about diet and physical activity? And the answers always are, well, you know, we, we don't that much time in our visits with patients to talk about that. We uh, also really don't paid extra to take that extra time. And we really don't quite have the education and support to do that. We didn't learn very much about that when we were in, in medical school. And ultimately, the patients just aren't motivated. Hmm. So that was uh, <laughs> a big learning uh, tool, the lesson for, for all of us. And we doubled around to see what we could do. And, uh, and that's when I found myself more and more involved with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine because I felt that the the leaders there were on the right track that you need to dig deeper mm, uh, mm. with people's lifestyle to to make a difference and that uh, the physicians and other health professionals around the country were probably being a little too superficial that's why they were they just couldn't quite make the changes uh, that they would have loved to see in their patients of course mm. and uh, and so I met some some wonderful colleagues way back uh, then uh, Dr. Ron Stout who's been uh, active in the AMA and also active in lifestyle medicine uh, Dr. Wayne Deisinger and I was quite inspired uh, by uh, their vision as well as uh, J John Kelly and and the early founders of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and I realized that this this would be a professional home for me uh, to, to work with this group um, even as at the time uh, I was moving back to California my my time with the AMA was was somewhat short-lived uh, my family was was back in California um, but I knew that uh, my professional home was was cemented with this group of uh, hard-working and visionary physicians and other health professionals who were going to make a real difference in patients' lives. And that's, I wanted to be a part of it. Mm. Le Liana, uh, I heard you say that uh, as you were completing your residency that you, <laughs> in internal medicine, you, you came to uh, understand that you didn't have the patience for uh, working with individuals like that. I'm wondering what, what inklings you had about your uh, sense of urgency about public health even prior to that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, in internal medicine, it was all about 
making procedures, doing surgeries, or prescribing pills. And I never saw patients being very happy about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in fact, it was it was sad for them. It was uh, oftentimes these procedures and pills didn't work. And so it was also sad for the physicians and others who really wanted to help them. And uh, I thought, boy, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to get out out of this. You know, this is not my path. My path is to to find truly uh, a an answer to how to help people be healthy and happy and to achieve total well-being, achieve their best selves. And how, how do I do that? And so I had to kind of poke around <laughs> to, to, you know, it was never, a lot of times people's careers are never A to Z. And, uh, you know, so I had thought, okay, well, maybe it'll be public health. And then as, um, as I've just been relaying, uh, even public Public health just wasn't quite the answer, uh, and it came around to uh, working with uh, this group of uh, dedicated physicians and other health professionals. And even though throughout my career in lifestyle medicine, I have not been a direct lifestyle medicine practitioner, um, I have derived great uh, pleasure in being involved in helping them uh, because I had what I brought to the table was my public health background of how you can work with uh, large populations, whether they're large populations of physicians, health professionals, uh, other groups in the public, and how you disseminate information, uh, how you engage people, how you do social marketing for the good of the people, as well as educational and training programs. And that's ultimately was my expertise and I was lending it to the field of lifestyle medicine um, and, mm. and also to start to develop policies and standards in this field. Um, I already had that experience um, through my, my public health route. Yes. So, and uh, of course, you were um, the author of the the core competencies that was uh, that was published on in lifestyle medicine, which has been an outstanding contribution. Um, tell me that. How does someone go from noticing on the web, the internet, this American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and going, "Oh, that looks interesting," to uh, to winding up the president of the the uh, the college? <laughs> and what what year were you actually the president? But tell tell us that story. Well, uh, you know, it's really mostly being at the right place at the right time <laughs> and being being willing to, to work hard. So the American College of Preventive Medicine and the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, as, as you mentioned, they came together to put together these lifestyle medicine competencies. And there was a, uh, a panel, a U.S. national panel that got together along with other organizations to do that. So I got to uh, know the uh, president at the time of the American College of Preventive Medicine, who uh, was the leader of their lifestyle medicine task force. And uh, he, uh, well, he was just the incoming president. And he uh, literally turned to me as we were involved with this panel. And he said, you know, I, I, I need uh, to let go of this voluntary position because I have other responsibilities. But would you like to take this task force over? And I thought, oh, what the heck? So far, we've, we've <laughs> made some incredible 
incredible progress together uh, in uh, thinking about what are the knowledge and skills that physicians and health professionals need uh, to have in order to practice uh, really high quality lifestyle medicine. This has been a, a great gig so far. So I said, sure, why not? <laughs> and then by also being able to chair of that task force, I, of course, closely through ACPM, worked with ACLM, started uh, really uh, working with uh, Mark Brayman, John Kelly, and others. And uh, literally in those days, it was just a, a, you know, a, a small group of people that would get together and say, okay, how do we advance the American College of Lifestyle Medicine? And uh, I remember it well, uh, again, in one of those very small meetings, they, they're like, well, Liana, you know, would, would you like to take on this presidency? Because, you know, you're so passionate about this and you've had some of this other experience uh, with uh, setting policies, with leading groups, with leading this lifestyle medicine task force over in, uh, in the College of Preventive Medicine. You'd be great. And so they buttered me up and uh, they voted, but it was a very small group. And I said, oh, sure. Not really knowing what I was getting myself into. And as it turned out, I ended up uh, seven years on the board of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Uh, I was uh, two years as uh, president-elect, two years as president, and then also three years as immediate past uh, president because they had to change in their election cycle. And they were wonderful years in, in many ways because of, again, the colleagues, the, the visionaries that I got to work with. Um, but there were also some lean years uh, in, in terms of the organization. There were some financial issues and uh, we almost had to close the doors on the organization um, uh, under my leadership. And so I always uh, was uh, very, um, you know, I, I didn't want people pointing the finger at me like, okay, Liana came in and the organization disintegrated. But fortunately, <laughs> we all we all uh, hung together, uh, including uh, Wayne Deisinger, also George Guthrie, some very important names uh, that just uh, really believed in the ideals of lifestyle medicine mm. and felt that they um, need a home. And uh, we, we, we made it through those lean days. We, we never closed our doors uh, to the college. And, uh, and here it is, uh, uh, well, almost not quite a decade later, and uh, it's flourishing amazingly so to the tune of having almost 5,000 members. Wow. I love it, I love it Liana, to hear people say, uh, back back in those days, which I heard you, heard you say a few minutes ago, <laughs> which uh, which is always indicative of uh, of a uh, a length of tenure that uh, that uh, defies understanding for some people. Tell tell me what's what's been your proudest achievement in your time with uh, ACLM. Well, I, I certainly have putting together those competencies was was an important first step, and that was uh, really uh, a joint effort. It wasn't um, simply the ACLM; it was the ACPM and these other organizations, uh, and and so that that really and then being able to to publish that in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and that was the first time that the term lifestyle medicine had uh, been published in that prestigious journal other than perhaps some uh, book reviews. And uh, it was 
prestige in the sense that uh, not only was it published, but we were able to say that we had consensus among a diverse set of medical professional groups that believed in this thing called lifestyle medicine that could agree on a definition and they could agree on some skills and knowledge that if uh, health professionals take these on, they can offer high quality services over and above traditional primary care and, and healthcare in general. And so that was a, a mighty step. And then, as I mentioned, I, I've been uh, recently waving the flag around positive uh, psychology and, the, and the, the why, you know, why individuals do what they do, that whole health behavior change and peace and beyond. And I have been uh, uh, really making the case that lifestyle medicine is not only, of course, predominantly plant-based diet, being physically active, getting high quality and enough sleep, uh, avoiding risky substances, managing your stress, uh, socially connecting with others. But as part of that, uh, these what I would call positive psychology-based activities. And because of my passion in this area, I think I'm turning uh, and leading that, that movement and, and turning around uh, lifestyle medicine to be really, uh, when it includes that, to be a path to what I would call total well-being and holistic well-being. And uh, the college has been very supportive of that. We were able to do an inaugural summit uh, on happiness science and healthcare in 2018, which led to two scholarly uh, publications, as well as uh, a book that was sponsored by the ACLM. And uh, we're continuing our, our work in this arena. And uh, I, I'm very proud of that to be able to really help, have helped to contribute uh, and, and really flesh out this field of lifestyle medicine. Mm. Um, that and also in the meantime, we started the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine. And I'm a co-founder, one of the original um, uh, co-founders of that and uh, it's been amazing to, to with our our work uh, to uh, expand it worldwide to have hundreds now thousands of health professionals around the world uh, you know knocking down uh, the, the door to, to sit for this examination to be board certified in lifestyle medicine uh, so to have that global impact uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that that's mm. this it's wonderful to see and uh, and I I see we will the sky's the limit we will continue to expand. My, my next question for you, Liana, was um, what do you do in your spare time? But I might <laughs> skip that one. And, uh, and what I'm, I'm really interested in and, and a space that, that you are leading in that I just love and, and very passionate about myself is this whole, you know, you call it happiness science, uh, positive health. What, why are you compelled to that, that space? You know, what, what drives your interest in bringing that world, you know, from positive psychology and incorporating that into lifestyle medicine. What is it that drives that for you? Well, I've always been interested in positive psychology, happiness science, uh, because I've had an interest in not only helping through my career uh, others become healthier, but also happier. 
And as I've dug into the science behind lifestyle medicine, as well as the science of, of positive psychology, I discovered that they are linked. They reinforce each other. They have a reciprocal relationship. And not only that, but usually when we talk about healthy lifestyle change, we talk about how difficult it is to do behavior change, to facilitate others in changing behavior. And uh, I found out through the work of leaders in the positive psychology field, like Dr. Barbara Fredrickson, that the role of positive emotions is crucial in really nudging people forward to make those changes. And so uh, the heart of lifestyle medicine is getting people to change their behavior. And the heart of that is to help them find the positive emotions to do that and to do it almost with, without that willpower, uh, even without sort of absolutely consciously say, saying, I will do it, although that certainly helps, but we know that often doesn't happen. So can there be an easier way to pave the the road to healthier behaviors and being happier. And that has to do with figuring out, well, what makes people happy? What makes them tick? And, uh, and, and, and starting that conversation from there or acting from there. Um, and when people are uh, feeling good about themselves, having those really high positive emotions, they're just much more likely uh, to do what's good for them uh, from a, a physical uh, standpoint as well. And so it all just came together for me that uh, it's not just about, okay, talking to our patients and writing these action plans and coaching them. Um, it's really about getting to the soul of our patients and helping our colleagues in healthcare see that uh, good medicine is really connecting with patients at that soul level, what that makes them tick, what delights them. And from that, so much more uh, can happen in terms of the, the health outcomes that, of course, we want to see as health professionals. Mm. And Liana, when you're not uh, when you're not working, what delights you? <laughs> Well, uh, my my biggest delight, of course, is family, and it is my nine-year-old uh, daughter who is uh, adopted from China. We adopted her when she was 27 months old from an orphanage, and uh, she is a, uh, a very uh, stubborn <laughs> little girl, <laughs> but um, in a good way, and has taught me so much about being steadfast, uh, about believing in yourself. Uh, she has to believe in uh, two strangers uh, coming out of nowhere, picking her up and taking her to a, another country and uh, had to trust them, trust them enough to call them mom and dad. And she did basically from day one. And uh, the love that we've gotten in return is uh, priceless. And uh, of course, for all of us, uh, a big part of our positive emotions and our health and longevity is those personal and social connections. And so she's 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 my she's my soul. That's I, I love that. I love that. I, you know, another thing that I really love about your work is the whole emphasis on on positive emotion. I, people sometimes ask me how how I define well being, and my my operational definition of that is uh, well being is about feeling good and feeling good about life, and um, and it's that that feeling aspect that that um, you know that is. You know, the common denominator there, so I just I love the work that you're doing. What what are your your hopes and dreams? What what do you what would you like to see happen within the next five years? 
Oh, good question. So I always have big dreams and uh, <laughs> I would very much like to advance this uh, globally, this uh, uh, the science of happiness, positive psychology, positive emotions, feeling good and integrate it in a very credible scientific way into lifestyle medicine and other healthcare and beyond. And uh, one way we, we can do that is to start summarizing the literature and the science in ways that speak to health professionals. So right now there's some wonderful positive psychology researchers in science. Uh, it's out there, it's published, but our, our physicians uh, and others that are seeing patients day to day may not be exposed to that literature. They may not see that it's relevant to how uh, what they can offer to their patients and what they can even prescribe to their patients. So can we make that uh, science accessible so that it becomes credible and also develop some tools, some ways that it's easy for uh, these health professionals to take advantage of this wonderful science and then also engage them in further research? Because of course, we, there's so much more research we, we need to do. Uh, we need to be able to translate what the, the positive psychologists are doing in behavioral health settings and bring it into lifestyle medicine settings, uh, primary care settings, and uh, see what those results are. So there's so much more to do. But just that, that uh, starting that road in the next five years would be great. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping by that time that we will have uh, something like a, a Global Positive Health Institute, a credible place that health uh, care workers can go get the latest science, get the tools, get some videos for their patients, uh, whatever it may be, get that uh, support in, in a credible place and an easy, efficient, effective way, because of course we're all busy as health professionals, um, but, uh, and making it really relevant so that next time then uh, someone who, uh, a health professional who really gets it and that we've helped them get how important this is, when they sit down with a patient that that engagement, what transpires between the two of them, and how they even sit down to write an action plan, to write a treatment plan, is very different than today, that it really incorporates the whole person and incorporates a plan for that positive emotion. Mm. I re really appreciate the, um, the enormity of that, um, uh, of that, uh, that dream and that vision, uh, Liana, and particularly the way it involves um, such immense structural change to not only the 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 processes that we follow, but also our own our own thinking uh, about uh, how we how we deliver healthcare and how we uh, how we live healthy lives. Liana, I really appreciated he hearing you speak about your uh, your daughter just a few minutes ago. In fifty years' time, you and I won't be here, I imagine, um, but your daughter will be. What would you like her to be telling people about the mark that you left? <laughs> Well, uh, first and foremost, I hope that she'll remember me <laughs> and that she'll remember the love I gave her. Uh, that's most important in her life. But that hopefully, yes, she'll be able to speak to the fact that she had a mom who was very passionate about helping others become their best selves, become as healthy as they can be, as happy as they can be. And uh, if they needed to seek help from their health professionals, 
that there are uh, easy ways for those health professionals to help those people who may be struggling through difficult times to get to that uh, positive emotion end of uh, what we all want, that total well-being. And that uh, that her mom at least helped uh, start the road and it will be a long road. And maybe in 50 years, it will be that just it'll be normal. It'll be normal that when uh, a patient walks in uh, to a, a clinic or in those days, maybe it all will be telemedicine. We don't know. So they turn on their computer. They talk to their provider that it's it's really uh, going to be a very different kind of conversation that uh, people really look forward to connecting with their health professional because they know they're going to walk away with something very tangible that's going to make them truly well. Liana, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. Thank you for sharing uh, who you are and who you have been and who you will be. It was a great, uh, great pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Liana. You've been listening to Leaders in Lifestyle Medicine, the stories behind the stories. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to you joining us for the next episode. This episode was produced by me, Simon Matthews, Darren Morton and engineered by Connor Bowers. Audio production by Podstream. The podcast is supported by the Lifestyle Medicine and Health Research Centre at Avondale University College. Avondale researchers, here for good. Good.